everybody. Good to see you Thursday night. Hope you're doing good. Launching right away. Here we go. Got this uh, text from Pastor Rodney Howard Brown um, right before podcast time tonight, probably about 15, 20 minutes ago. Um, I don't know if I should do this first or play the video first, but I'll uh, we'll play the video second. Let's and then we'll come back to this. But Governor Whitmer allegedly was the FBI has been investigating Governor Whitmer, the tyrannical, draconian, covidiot from Michigan, as uh, the FBI has investigated allegedly a the white militia group trying to uh, kidnap her. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know why anybody would want to spend any time with her, but I guess somebody you know, allegedly wanted to kidnap her. Well, let's come out, and this is from uh, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown via Gateway Pundit sent this to me. Governor Whitmer, uh, media caught in another lie, anarchist arrested for plot to kidnap and kill Governor Whitmer, hates President Trump, puts on a video that Trump is a tyrant. Run the video from Governor Whitmer. Just last week, the President of the United States stood before the American people and refused to condemn white supremacists and hate groups like these two Michigan militia groups. Stand back and stand by, he told them. Stand back and stand by. Hate groups heard the President's words not as a rebuke, but as a rallying cry, as a call to action. When our leaders speak, their words matter. They carry weight. When our leaders meet with, encourage, or fraternize with domestic terrorists, they legitimize their actions, and they are complicit. When they stoke and contribute to hate speech, they are complicit. In 1981... All right, back to me. So there you have Governor Whitmer espousing lies. She says, these two militia groups... Well, the, the militia group, allegedly, according to Gateway Pundit, uh, is a white male who is an anarchist, who doesn't appear to be a part of any militia, who hates President Trump. So explain to me, Governor Whitmer, as you sit there and badmouth the president on national TV, it's because this is going to go national, it's local TV station, but it's going to go national, as you badmouth the president and blame this plot on President Trump, are you going to retract this now? Uh, you know, because that was given at three o'clock this afternoon. The information that I have from the Gateway Pundit, I don't know when that came in. I'm assuming it came in after she made her ridiculous statements at some convoluted press conference. But the people who were allegedly plotting to kidnap and kill her are on her side of the aisle. So who was it that's been encouraging them if it's on your side of the aisle? Who is it that encourages Black Lives Matter? Governor Whitmer. Who is it exactly that encourages people to contribute to the Minnesota Freedom Fund who bails out all the Black Lives Matter and Antifa rioters? Oh, who who did that exactly? Oh, it was the Biden campaign that did that. It's on Kamala Harris's own website right now. So are you going to come back and you're going to retract and are you going to say it was the left side of the aisle, the leftists, the Democratic Party? That has encouraged the very person that threatened you 
and threaten to kidnap and kill you. Are you going to come back and blame them now? Because it's the left It's the left side of the aisle that allegedly has plotted against you, Gretchen Whitmer. But I'll just bet you right now that we never see a retraction in any way, shape, or form. Any money that anybody wants to put on that, I can bet you right now it's not going to happen in any way, shape, or form. She's never going to retract it. The people who have been encouraging violence is her. The people who have been encouraging rioting, looting, and murdering is the Democratic Party. Simple as that. But she'll never retract her false blame of the president. All right, now onward to more important things. Mike Pence absolutely destroyed Kamala Harris last night. Absolutely destroyed her. Put out that Babylon being. This is great. Kamala Harris's ratings plummet from the Babylon Bee as people realized they'd have to listen to her voice for the next four years. I don't blame she was such a, she looked like a petulant, spoiled brat, 14 year old child up there. That's who she looked like next to, pre, next, well I said President President Pence, Vice President Pence. She looked absolutely unpresidential and he could not have looked any more presidential than he already than he did. And he never really hasn't he's always done real well. But he absolutely dismantled her. He, all she could do was shake her head and lie. That's all she, and, and smirk. That's all she did the whole time. She did. I wish, I wish that I had the technology to extract all of her Kamala cackles throughout the throughout the debate. Also from Paul Sperry. This is a Paul Sperry tweet. Moderator Susan Page. That's the one who was the moderator for the vice presidential debate last night. Uh, Yeah, I'm sure she was neutral, right? I'm sure she's neutral. She's under contract for writing Nancy Pelosi's book. Let Kamala, Susan Page, let Kamala run, run well past her two minute allotment, but cut Pence off right at two minutes every time. And virtually every one of Page's questions had an anti-Trump slant and not one of them was critical of Biden. Did you notice that? Do you notice how the media works? They have a long narrative-based question before they ever get to their actual question that they give to Trump and that they give to Pence. And then they basically just say to the Democratic nominee, hey, what's your eye color? One of her opening questions, there has this been this many deaths for the coronavirus. She goes on an anti-Trump response coronavirus narrative and asking, President, asking Vice President Trump, there we go, Vice President Pence, a question about his response to the coronavirus. That's what they do every time. It's exactly what Mike, uh, Chris Wallace was doing in the, in the first debate. Exactly the same thing. A long narrative driven question before you actually get to any question. It's really just a narrative diatribe. It's not even a question. Pay attention to it when you watch the debates. It goes that way just about every time. All right, Kamala. This was the, for me, this is the greatest moment. It's a little bit of a kind of a long video, but it's worth watching because it, it shows her squirming the whole time. For me, it was the highlight of the debate. There's many highlights. I mean, Mike Pence absolutely destroyed Kamala Harris. Absolutely made her look like a petulant bratty fool on national television. But this to me was the highlight. When he pinned her down and actually made her, well, made her obfuscate. She never did answer the question, which he makes clear in this video. Asked her point blank, are you going to pack the Supreme Court? And of course, by pack, I want to make sure everybody knows what that is. I'm sure you do, but I just want to make sure that we're all 
speaking the same language here. But I packed the Supreme Court. We've had nine Supreme Court justices for over 150 years. And the Democratic Party is outwardly saying to the public right now that they will potentially pack the court, bring it up to, I assume they'll keep it at an odd number. They'll go to 11, they'll go to 13, they'll go to 15, which makes no sense because as soon as the Republicans go back in power, then they can pack the court. Democrats never think two inches in front of their face. But here's where Vice President Pence pinned Kamala down, made her squirm, made her answer the question. Play it for me. You speak about the Supreme Court, though. I think the American people really deserve an answer, Senator Harris. Are you and Joe Biden going to pack the court if Judge Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed? I mean, there have been 29 vacancies on the Supreme Court during presidential election years from George Washington to Barack Obama. Presidents have nominated in all 29 cases. But your party is actually openly advocating adding seats to the Supreme Court, which has had nine seats for 150 years, if you don't get your way. This is a classic case of if you can't win by the rules, you're going to change the rules. Now, you've refused to answer the question. Joe Biden has refused to answer the question. So I think the American people would really like to know if Judge Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed to the Supreme Court of the United States, are you and Joe Biden, if somehow you win this election, going to pack the Supreme Court to get your way? I'm so glad we went through a little history lesson. Let's do that a little more. In 1864... Oh, I'd like you to answer the question. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. I'm speaking. Okay. In 1864, one of the, I think, political heroes, certainly of the president, I I assume of you also, Mr. Vice President, is Abraham Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Abraham Lincoln was up for re-election. And it was 27 days before the election. And a seat became open on the United States Supreme Court. Abraham Lincoln's party was in charge, not only of the White House, but the Senate. But Honest Abe said, it's not the right thing to do. The American people deserve to make the decision about who will be the next president of the United States. And then that person can select who will serve for a lifetime on the highest court of our land. And so Joe and I are very clear. The American people are voting right now. And it should be their decision about who will serve on this most important body for a lifetime. Thank you, Senator Harris. People, Susan, are voting right now. They'd like to know if you and Joe Biden are going to pack the Supreme Court if you don't get your way in this nomination. Let's talk about packing. You once again gave a non-answer. Joe Biden gave a (laughs) non-answer. Trying to answer you now. The American people deserve a straight answer. And if you haven't figured it out yet, the straight answer mechanism. is they are going to pack the Supreme Court if they somehow win this election. The, Men Mr. and women, Vice I, I, I got to tell you, people across this country, if you cherish our Supreme Court, if you cherish the separation of powers, you need to reject the Biden-Harris ticket. Come November the 3rd, re-elect okay, President Donald Trump <laughs> will stand by that separation of powers in a nine-seat Supreme Court. Yeah, Thank let's you. talk about packing the court then. Let's talk about the Please. pack. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to. So the Trump-Pence administration has been, because I sit on the Senate Judiciary Committee, Susan, as you mentioned, and I've witnessed the appointments for lifetime appointments to the federal courts, district courts, courts of appeal. People who are purely ideological, people who have been reviewed by, by legal professional organizations and found to have been not competent are substandard. And do you know that of the 50 people 
who President Trump appointed to the Court of Appeals for lifetime appointments, not one is black. This is what they've been doing. You want to talk about packing a court? Let's have that discussion. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Senator. Let's go on and talk about the issue of racial justice. I I just want the record to reflect she never answered the question. So maybe in the next debate, Joe Biden will answer the question. But I think the American people know the answer. Thank you, Vice President. All right. So we all know the answer. The answer is yes, they will pack the court. We, We have that. I mean, you know, I don't. Again, I just I don't know how anybody could ever vote for a smirking, condescending, rude human being. I mean, really, I mean, she's just absolutely out there. I mean, give me a break with that girl. I mean, here's the thing, too. Did you hear what she said? Let's talk about packing the court. And she talked about, you know, the various lower level justices and lifetime appointments that the Trump administration has made, you know, district court judges and uh, appellate court judges throughout the country. And she goes out of the 50 some odd, whatever, not one of them is black. What does that have to do with anything? Whenever you're a sexist or a racist, that's what you talk about. And that's all the demon rat party ever talks about is what sex you are and what race you are. So who's the sexist, who's the misogynist and who's the racist? It's the democratic party. It's the people who always talk about it. The people who just don't care and just want somebody who's ever best, who's ever the, you telling me right now that I don't want Clarence Thomas to basically be immortal and live forever and be on the Supreme Court? Absolutely do. Huge fan. I don't care what color he is. It doesn't matter to me in any way, shape, or form, but it does to them constantly. All right, now here, speaking of the Democratic Party, uh, <laughs> here comes the noble leader of the murder capital of the planet, Chicago, Illinois, where they routinely have between 40 and 60 shootings per weekend. Mayor Lori Lightfoot, play it for me. I can bring it back to me. There they are, your 2020 Democratic Party, right there. I mean, these people are children. They're absolutely children. How could anybody think that's going to land with the public? I mean, come on, Chicago. You can't do better than Lori Lightfoot. Let me say hey to a couple people here while we're rolling. Hey, Petrina from Brooklyn, New York. Love you. God bless you. Hey, Virginia, glad you're on. State of Michigan, I believe is what you, Yep. Oh, yeah. welcome to the Sanctuary State of Michigan. <laughs> uh, hey, Grace, God bless you. Glad you're on. Hey, Isaac, glad you're on. Shira, love you. God bless you. Glad you're on. Hey, Lynn, love you. God bless you're on. God bless you. Thanks for being on. Let's see. Daryl, see you on there, brother from church. Love you. Hey, Greg, glad you're on. If you guys can't put on where you're from so I can tell you'll know I'm talking to you. Hey, Daniel B. God bless you. Glad you're on. Let's see. Hey, Billy. Glad you're on, man. Hey, Susan. Hey, David. 
and Candace. Folks, that's Facebook. Let's see if anybody else I missed. Hey, Sarah, glad you're on. Natasha, Sherry, God bless you guys. Hey, Linda, God bless you. David, God bless you. Absolutely is a crackpot. <laughs> I love your comments. Lightfoot wacko. <laughs> hey, Beth, Michigan, God bless you. Hey, Big Joe, I love you. My brother from law enforcement, love you, man. God bless you. Glad you're on. Hey, Natasha from Texas. Dwayne from New Hampshire. Yeah, put your, put your where you're from on there. Frankie from Georgia. God bless you. Sandra Franklin, Indiana. God bless you. Glad you're on. Hey, Ron from church. Minnesota, but living here now. See you in church every Sunday. Love you. Hey, John. Love you, man. Jasper, Alabama. Thank you, brother, for always being there. Appreciate you. Seriously. I'm looking over here to... YouTube and I just want to encourage everybody make sure that you've got both a YouTube and a Facebook when I got banned off of Facebook We lost literally three-quarters of our viewership somewhere in that realm Don't let that happen. Now just if I get banned off of Facebook, you got to be ready to go over to YouTube We're live on YouTube. We're live on Periscope on Twitter. So Switch over don't stop watching because I get banned off of Facebook uh YouTube's less apt to ban you. They're more apt to demonetize you. We don't make any money off of this anyway. So, I mean, except for donations, but you know, you know, we're not selling anything, so we don't really get demonetized or anything, but you can switch over to YouTube. Let me say hi to everybody on YouTube. Hey, Ron, Dennis, hey, Bailey, you're over there on YouTube now. Love you. Really appreciate you, Bailey. Seriously, I see you every time. I love you. God bless you. See Lori. Hey Lori, Tulsa, I love you. I see your name all the time. God bless you. Seriously. Thank you guys. Rich from Venice. God bless you. Glad you're on. My brother Eric, my church brother. Love you, man. God bless you. Love you guys. Really appreciate you over there on uh on YouTube. Seriously. This was sent to me by my cop buddy who's a New York cop. Retired, moved down here. Retired somewhat recently, moved down here. And back up in New York right now for some business he's got it taken care of but he snapped a picture for me and this is what it says in new york this business is closed thanks to the catastrophic policies of andrew cuomo and bill de blasio just wanted to get that out there for everybody that's the state of new york escape from new york man snake plissken style get the heck out of there fox news 10-7 california governor's office tells diners to wear masks in between bites put the graphic up for me <laughs> they put out there's gavin first and there's here you go if you want if you're wondering you can go to covid19.california.gov and they have a graphic there on how you should eat in america in the united states of america you start off with your menu and you have your mask on then when you're taking a bite then you put your you take your mask down and in between bites you put your mask back on the office of governor gavin newsom has told residents in california that if they go out to eat they should be wearing a mask in between bites to protect themselves from the illustrious plague of the universe covid 19 right did i bring my sheet with california stats on it i did hot dog in california you have a point zero three percent chance of dying of the infamous plague, COVID-19, 
percent chance, three one hundredths of one percent chance, not three one hundred, three three one hundredths of one percent chance of dying of COVID nineteen in the state of California, but they want you to wear a mask in between bites while you're out to eat. And again, you know, this is like Australia last week. You're allowed to have five in Victoria, Australia. You're allowed to have five people at a wedding. You're only allowed to be with, you're only allowed to leave your home for two hours a day. And with, and that's within uh, three to five miles of your house. You're not allowed to leave the city of Melbourne. You're locked in there. You are not allowed to leave, period, via government police control. You have to wear a mask no matter where you are, outside, everywhere. This is straight out of that playbook. And, we, and we're like, well, thank God it's over there. It's happening in the state of California. There's 40 million people that live there. Do you know that half of all unemployment applications that are going on right now because of the hoax response to the COVID-19 virus. The virus is not causing anybody to be unemployed. The response to the COVID-19 virus is what's causing people to be unemployed. Locking down a $20 trillion economy is what's causing people to lose their jobs and lose their businesses. We've only lost, don't worry, we've only lost 40 to 50% of all businesses in this country permanently. But virtue signaling, mask wearing Christians, good job leading the way. The church always leads the way, whether they know it or not. But we're like, thank goodness I don't live in Victoria, Australia. Yeah, you do. If you're one of the 40 million people that are still living in California, hopefully the last person who leaves turned the lights off. Why are you still living there? It's an absolute Soviet state. Here's a Jesse uh, Kelly tweet that illustrates what I'm talking about when it comes to the response to this whole coronavirus thing. Look, look how ridiculous this is. If we, he's reading this from liberal hack pundit, delusional, absolute denier of truth, Chris Hayes, the most humane and reasonable way to deal with all these people if we survive this is some kind of truth and reconciliation. Look, look at what it's saying here now. You can leave it up there the whole time while I'm talking, Aaron. Look, in, look at what this is saying. The most humane and reasonable way to deal with all these people. Who are these people? People who are against the Democratic Party. If we survive this, is some kind of truth and reconciliation commission. Truth, and I'll bring it back to me for a minute, but have that thing ready to come back. Truth. This is what the Democratic Party wants. Just so you know, and that was just, that was a tweet from what a day ago, twenty three hours ago. They think about what the Demo- What does this sound like to you? This absolutely sounds like Hitler's Germany, Stalin's Russia, Mao's China, Mussolini's uh, Italy, Maduro's Venezuela, whatever it may be. They want to have a truth and reconciliation commission. They're going to haul you up in front of a truth and reconciliation commission because you voted for Donald John Trump and and get the drama that's involved. If we survive this, is there any, what, what, what's the threat to Chris Hayes? What's the threat exactly to Chris Hayes of COVID-19? I mean, we have president Trump right now, 74 years old, a little chunky. They, everybody calls him obese and stuff. That's just that's just the Democratic hack Goebbels media that calls him morbid. He's not morbidly obese. He's carrying some extra pounds. Who is it? I'm carrying some extra pounds right now. I can't see my belt line if I look down right now. It's covered by a wall of blubber. 
So he's carrying a couple extra pounds, whatever. 74 years old, blew through the coronavirus like there was no tomorrow. Bye-bye, corona. Three days, in and out. Done. He didn't even need to go to the hospital. But this absolutely, if we survive this, if, I mean, again, and this just brings me back to this quote that I've read probably five times since I've begun this podcast. And this is from Professor John Rao of St. John's University. Professor John Rao of St. John's University in New York City has come up, come out swinging against the fraudulent experts who counseled the shuttering of the world for the sake of creating an antiseptic, barren, soulless world unfit for human beings to live in. That's where we're at right now in right now in the United States. Absolutely still is. Even in Florida, where I'm living, where we have one of the greatest governors, there's still many capitulating, collaborating Democrats here. And sadly, the saddest part of all is the Christians, the mask wearing Christians. I saw this the other day. I was on another church's website and I saw somebody send, send in a message to the church. I wish you guys would do a mask service because they were a capitulating, collaborating church that closed for months. I wish you guys would do a mask service. I guess they're reopened now to at least some degree. I wish you'd do a mask service for what? For what exactly? I mean, I have the stats right here. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable. Here's your stats. Here's, here's your survival rate of COVID-19. Chris Hayes, if we survive this, if we survive, well, let's see now. We've been into it for seven months now. We're at day, I believe it's 203. No, 203 Sunday. So we're at day like 200 right now of 15 days to slow the spread or curve the whatever slow the curve. So here's your survival rate, Chris Hayes. Let's see where you fit in here. If we survive this. So, I mean, it just drives me absolutely nuts that people think that this is an existential threat to their life. COVID-19. If you're 70 plus with comorbidities. Yeah. Just like what? Just like what? Just like what? The flu. Here's your survival rates. And this is from the massively, heavily stinted to the right CDC website, CDC website. Here's your survival rate. If you're zero to 19 and you catch COVID, here's your odds of living. 99.997. If you are 20 to 49, 99.98. If you are 50 to 69, 99.5%. If you are 70 plus, 95%. And this is what, this is what we shut the whole, the whole world down for churches, churches. This is what you close your churches down for. And you're still saying you're not safe. You know, it's so funny to me. I saw some local Yahoo pastor here. Who's Mr. Jesus right now. I don't want to, you know, politics will fill a room, but you're just supposed to preach Jesus all the time. This person never preached the Bible to begin with. He's just a, and anybody, if anybody's political, it's you, Pastor Love. It's you. You're the one who's political. You're the one who does everything the CDC tells you to do. Well, I'm honoring our leaders. You really going to honor them when they come take your guns away? You're going to honor them when they close your church? Oh, wait a minute. They already did close your church, didn't they? Mr. Honor, Mr. Non-Political, you're the most political. You're the one who abides by all the politics yourself. But John Rao from St. John's University continued the Oxford educated 
Professor Rao writes that a controllable pandemic has been transformed into a totally unnecessary pandemonium, allowing a painful, listen to this now, all you out there, I know some of you are watching because you watch this out of anger. This is you. Allowing a painfully hollow modern society to titillate itself with the feel of living through a bubonic plague without actually doing so. That's Chris Hayes. If we survive this, oh, let's see now. And they're always, and CNN's always touting the numbers 210,000 dead Americans. That's not true at all. We all know already from the CDC website that less than 10,000 of those are COVID only deaths. We all know, well, again, again there's lots of low information voters out there. I remember I watched the Joe Rogan show recently. He didn't even know what the Steele dossier was. And this was from a couple weeks ago. He didn't know, even know what the Steele dossier was. He, he didn't know if Fusion GPS was the whole Trump, Russia collusion. He had no idea. That's, who, that's the number one podcast on the planet. But lots of people are absolutely low educated. This is just a, you know, oh, going back to the death thing, 210,000 deaths. If you notice, every time CNN, it's not every time CNN does anything. It's every time CNN is on, they have the death scroll right next to that's half their screen, not half a quarter to a third of their screen is the death count and the case count for Corona. So if CNN is pushing it, Christian, is that which is that who you side with? You are the company that you keep Mr. Mask, Joe Biden. If, is that you? He's the one pushing masks. You are the company you keep for as he thinks in his heart. So is he, are you thinking just like they think? Do you really think there's 210,000 COVID deaths? We, we are the worst. We are the most liberal counters on the planet. We are the only ones on planet earth. That's why our count is so much higher. Our count is so much higher than everybody else's because we are the only ones on planet earth who counts people as COVID deaths who died with COVID, not of COVID. We are the only ones who count deaths, count people as COVID deaths who never even tested positive for COVID. We're the only ones. There's no 210,000 deaths. That's bogus. That's Robert Redfield, the head of the CDC. You should see their stipulations for filling out death certificates. It's basically, hey, if you think it's COVID, it's COVID. And they've been caught numerous times. If you're, if you're in hospice care, dying of lung cancer, and you die of, and you have seven days to live, and you died seven days later, and they test, you test positive for COVID, they put you down as a COVID death. Senator, State Senator Jensen, who's also an MD doctor from Minnesota, said on the Senate floor in Minnesota that paramedics have had to go from death scenes where the person is DOA, they're dead at the traffic crash scene. They have to take the corpse, drive it to the near, uh, nearest uh, emergency room and have them tested for COVID. Why? Why? So they can put them down as a COVID stat. The Illinois, in Illinois head of uh, State Department health, uh, chief or whatever her title is, director, said perfectly the same thing. We are counting anybody who tests positive for COVID as a COVID death. She said it. She even used the hospice example. I don't know why she had a moment of clarity. Maybe she's a conservative down deep within. 
But she said, if you basically, if you're in hospice and you die of lung cancer, but you test positive for COVID, it's a COVID death. We all know that's what's going on. It's all to unseat President Trump. So you can say there's 210 deaths, 210,000 deaths. There's not. There's not. This is nothing more than a, that's, again, what's the average age of death, according to the CDC, of people who died of COVID-19? 80. 80, the average age of death in America, 78. Why do we not have more excess deaths this year than we had in 2018? Why? For the low information people out there, why? Those of you who just want to wear a mask because it gives you meaning and a cause in your life, makes you feel important, gives you the feel. Again, I love the the quote. Allowing a painfully hollow modern society to titillate itself with the feel of living through a bubonic plague without actually having to do so. That's you, mask wearer. That's you, mask-wearing Christian. That's you, who ought to be binding and loosing instead of strapping on a face diaper. There's no 210,000 deaths. There's a bunch of false attributions. That's what it's real. That's what's really happening. They've been caught numerous times. Now here's a good one. This is from this is a Lori O'Neill, Laura O'Neill tweet. Bernie Sanders kicks off a socially distanced vote now rally. In Lebanon, New Hampshire. And basically nobody came. There you go. There's the, That's the whole crowd, by the way. There's not millions behind that. That's the crowd for Biden-Harris at Bernie Sanders. But allegedly, Donald Trump is nine points down, 12 points down. Are you sure about that? Hey, listen, you should not be believing the polls. But here's the thing. Everybody watching this, you better get out to vote and take as many people as you possibly can. I just saw a poll today. Trump's up 46-43 in the state of Florida. We need, listen, he needs to win the popular vote. That needs to be our goal, that he wins the popular vote. He'll inherently win the electoral. We, he needs to win the popular vote so we don't have to listen to that crap for another four years. All right, this is the challenger. Again, I'm just bringing forth to you your 2020, and I don't mean yours as if you own it, the United States, God, God forbid that we own the Democratic Rat Party. But this is the challenger to Mayor Teddy Wheeler in Portland. Now, Ted Wheeler is a devout communist himself, but yet this person is drubbing him in the polls right now. I hope I, I don't know if I can pronounce her name right, but it's Sarah Ianoranone. I, I got to try to try it. I got to try it. Ianorone. Ianorone. Something like that. We'll just call her Sarah from this point on. So this is who is challenging her. See, we read the port. This is the uh, tweet from Andy. No, Portland mayor is pulling double. Ted Wheeler's pulling double digits behind the self-described Antifa mayoral candidate. So she's the mayoral candidate for Antifa. Put, put the next one up for me. Look at a picture of her skirt. You got Mao on there. I can't really make out. Do you know who that is, Aaron? Oh, shaky bar. Oh, man. I wish I, I knew it was. and I should have pulled the tweet. From a priest praying over somebody about to be executed under his reign. You got Mal on there. Take, what's his, how you pronounce his name again? Shea Yavara. Okay, Shea Yavara also on there. There, that's, that, that's who wants to be the mayor of Portland, which is basically under siege, has been having endless Black Lives Matter and Antifa riots for the last 130 days. That Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, if Gretchen Whitmer is going to say that Donald Trump stokes the flames of white supremacy, then we can simply say that 
Gretchy Whitmer, Joe Biden, and Kamala Harris stoked the flames of leftist racism, leftist rioting, leftist murders, leftist looting, leftist arsons. And again, I want to say this like I said last week. Exactly where is the white militias causing trouble? We just found out that the person that was allegedly threatening to kidnap and kill Gretchy Whitmer was an anarchist who hates Trump. So that's, the, that's all they have. And by the way, I always want you to pay close attention. What Democrats will always say, they have their constant MO. They'll always say that they're for the kids, although they butcher them in the, in the womb by a tune of 40 to 60 million per year worldwide. They always say they're for the kids and they'll always say that they're getting death threats. Always. You, listen, I'm serious. Listen, Pelosi will come out with it sometime in the next couple of months. She'll say she's getting death threats. Biden will say, Kamala, they always do. They always say they're getting death threats from some unknown white supremacist somewhere. They're always race. They're always gender. That's all they ever talk about. Allegedly, their lives are always in danger. Now, here's a awesome, I don't, it's not super new, but it's just a great Trump ad that I want to play for at least a minute. And this is reference how Trump has dealt with the black community. Play it for me. This president deserves the support of the black community because he's earned it. There is a silent majority of us that see you, see what you're doing, see what you did for HBCU schools. That was actually the deal for us. I, I wager to say that there is no American president since Lincoln that has had the impact for black America that President Trump has had. Joe Biden supported the crime bill in 94. He has imprisoned black America, basically. Trump supported the NAACP and black youth like myself in 87. He's a businessman. He's bringing businesses back into America. Bringing jobs back to America. Bringing the truth back and he's stopping needless wars. My day is going to be like amazing. I'm never going to forget this day. This day's historic. In 2016, I made you a solemn pledge. I would be your greatest champion. In the first three years, we achieved the lowest black unemployment rate in history. We achieved the largest job gains for African-Americans on record. The poverty rate for African-Americans reached the lowest level ever recorded. I did more for the black community in 47 months than Joe Biden did in 47 years. We cannot deny that that man has done everything that he has set out to do in record-breaking time. Can we say three years? Can we say three years? We will create three million new jobs for the black community, open 500,000 new black-owned businesses, bring even greater fairness to the justice system. We did criminal justice reform. I want to thank President Donald John Trump. <laughs> create a ladder of opportunity for African-American children by delivering school choice to every parent in America. Together we you made unbelievable or you can go the Democratic Party way. Donald Trump in three years created the lowest black unemployment rate in history. He passed the criminal justice reform bill, which Kamala Harris caused there to be a need for. Endlessly locking up black Americans endlessly for minor drug offenses. And then now she says on the debate stage last night that she wants to legalize marijuana. <laughs> She locked up countless black Americans for misdemeanor amounts of marijuana. Such hypocrisy, absolute abject hypocrisy. 
And I've got more on her too that we'll cover in a later date. How she concealed evidence to set a man on death row free. And she concealed evidence to keep him from being set free. That's the kind of monster that she is. But we see what Donald Trump has done. You Listen, you have the lowest black unemployment rate in history and you've only been the president when he accomplished it for about two years? I mean, come on. The people out there, he's only done this. You know, he, there's a rumor out there that he's only built this small amount of wall that he promised. Everything he promised he would do. He moved, he moved the embassy. He moved Israel's embassy to Jerusalem. Promise kept. Iran deal. Canceled. Promise kept. Paris Climate Accord. accord out. Uh, low, all the, you know, the stock market. Endless records. Lowest unemployment rate in history for blacks, Hispanics, and women. He, everything he says he's going to do, he's done. He needs to work better on the debt. But that debt problem is mainly Democrats. You can't pass anything when you have a Democratic House. What's Black Lives Matter done for the black community? Name it. Please name it. Please. Go ahead. Somebody, go ahead. Send me a message. What's Black Lives Matter done? Name one accomplishment that they've done. Name it. The, Aaron just gave me one. They burnt down lots of buildings. There's what they've accomplished. Anything else? Anybody else out there? I got my, my two guys running the show. You give me something else. I'd like to know. They, Aaron gave me burnt down buildings. They, they killed people. We got that. Um, uh, you know, oh, it costs. Oh, here's a good one. Here's what Black Lives Matter has done. They've cost countless black business owners, their businesses for life. Good job. All their money goes to Act Blue and Thousand Currents, which is all Democratic Party hack fundraiser. Who runs Thousand Currents? A convicted felon. All money that flows right to the Democratic Party to elect people like Joey Biden. 47 years accomplished nothing. Here's an interesting thing. This is from Caleb Hull tweet. Whenever I say these names, if they're listening, you got to follow some of these people. Trump denounces white supremacy. This is a picture of Trump talking to John Roberts' wife. John Roberts is the goofball Fox reporter that had a a hissy fit on national TV because he was getting roasted on Twitter for asking the president once again, uh, will you today, not the president, he's talking to Kayleigh McEnany, will, will the president once and for all denounce white supremacy, which he's already done countless dozens of times over the last several years. But he even put up that first picture. So here's Trump denouncing white supremacy on Wednesday, this is last week, while speaking to John Roberts' wife. Next picture. 24 hours later, here's John Roberts with his goofy mask hanging off his goofy ear. 24 hours later, John Roberts wonders why Trump hasn't denounced white supremacists. Put the first picture for me. Here you go, John. 24 hours before that, completely and totally denounces white supremacists to your wife. Next picture. And the next day you ask, will he denounce white supremacy? Absolute liberal hack media. Understand that whenever you're watching Fox News, whenever you watch less, yes, listen, I'm including Fox News now. Fox News, you got Tucker and Sean Hannity, and that's really it. Sean Hannity's deep dove way too far down the COVID toilet, but other than that, he's solid. You have basically Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson. There's Martha McCallum's on there. There's a few other minor tier shows. But listen, they're listing. You know what? I read this article today. Paul Ryan is on the board of Fox News. You can check it out. It's public knowledge. Paul Ryan, Trump hating, rhino, piece of garbage. Let me just tell you something about Paul Ryan, former 
former Speaker of the House, Republican. First of all, he's married to a hyper liberal. So you listen, whenever somebody married to somebody like that, how much, how serious are you about your convictions when you walk the aisle with somebody who's completely to the opposite of your convictions? All opposites attract bull crap. But the reason why the Republicans lost power in the House in 2018 is because of that miserable wretch. Paul Ryan, who himself retired and encouraged 40 other Republicans to retire, all to cut the knees off from Donald Trump. And, you know, how petulant and how petty do you have to be? How, do, how, how juvenile do you have to be? Because you don't like somebody personally that you're going, and, and allegedly you have principles like pro-life, small government, you're against gay marriage, whatever it is. You have allegedly conservative constitutional beliefs and principles that because you don't like Donald Trump, you're going to cut the knees out from all conservatives. That's how pet you're going to backdoor all conservatism. That's what's going on with the Lincoln project right now. Those idiots running that show garbage. These, these rhinos are absolute garbage. They remind me of the book of Jude. Verses three and four, those who have secretly crept in among you, turning uh, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ into a license for immorality. Absolutely just crept in. Soulless people. All right, this is from Life News. Planned Parenthood. This is for the woke Dems. Planned Parenthood claims Black Lives Matter, but kills, I wanted to give everybody the stats, but kills 247 black babies in abortion Every day, there's your woke Democratic Party. Hey, LeBron, LeBron James, allegedly Black Lives Matter to you, right? I mean, you're all very concerned about Breonna Taylor, correct? Very concerned. What's the average? How many black women get killed by the police every year? Get gunned down by the police every year. Name it. Less than one per year. One in 15, one in 16, zero in 17, one in 18, and one in 19, and one this year. So less than one per year. Those are the black lives you care about. 247 black babies are killed per day, LeBron, Kamala, and Joe. Exactly. There you go, Trump. Love you. It is estimated that abortion is the leading killer of black Americans in the United States. 259,366 black Americans are killed by abortion each year. The death toll is greater than every other leading cause of death for black Americans. Get ready. Combined. Abortion-induced deaths of the unborn. See, here's the thing. Call me a racist all you want. All you want. Call me a racist. I want all of these babies to live. How about you? Woke Democrat, you want every, you say Black Lives Matter. So do you want all these babies to live or do you not? On the freaking record, do you want them to live or don't you? Come on. See, when truth confronts you, you look like a babbling, cackling, condescending moron. Just, just like Kamala did last night. Abortion-induced deaths of the unborn in the black community are 60 times Higher than HIV deaths, 31 times higher than all other homicides, 3.6 times higher than cancer-related deaths, and 3.5 times higher than deaths caused by heart disease. Where are you at, LeBron, Kamala, Joe Biden? 
Al Sharpton, Black Lives Matter. Where are you, Black Lives Matter? They don't matter. 247 babies a day. You don't care at all. You have nine unarmed black men killed by the police in 2019, and you're burning down America over that? And you 247,000 black babies died today. Today. Where you at? Where you at, Black Lives Matter? Where you at, LeBron? Where you at, NFL? Where you at, NHL? Where you at, MLB? Where are you guys at exactly? Please, you going to step up or not? Are these not black lives? I want them all to live. The alleged racist, the alleged cop, pastor, racist guy, right? I want them all to live. How about you? Woke Democratic Party, you bunch of hypocrites. A startling 2016 study exposed that in New York City, more black babies are aborted than are actually born. Black lives matter, right? Similarly, in 2010, Planned Parenthood fell under scrutiny after a census suggested that the abortion giant was preying on black communities as 79% of their surgical abortion facilities were within walking distance of African-American and Hispanic communities. Put up the Donald Trump tweet for me, brother. Thank you. Ready? Biden and Democrat. This is just this week now, two days ago. Biden and Democrats just clarified the fact that they are fully in favor of very late-term abortion right up until the time of birth and beyond, which would be execution. Biden even endorsed the governor of Virginia, Ralph Nathan, who stated this clearly for all to hear. Get out and vote. Back to me. If you care about human life, you had better vote. Listen, listen, let's just make a stand. Let's go. I'll go vote in person. Don't wear the stupid mask. Be loud and proud and get out there and vote in person. Get a big old, listen, I've got a Trump shirt that I'm going to wear on election day. It's got Donald Trump as Uncle Sam coming out election day with my Make America Great hat on. I am marching to the polls and pulling the lever for Trump and every Republican on the ticket. Why? Because I think black lives matter. There you go. The Democratic parties, this is their... You know, whenever you hear this mail-in election stuff, remember this is these are this is the party, the Democratic Party, who wants an all-mail-in election. We've seen now countless stories. I'm going to put, compile a list and read them off like machine gun fire to you, probably Saturday, of all the stories that have come out just this year on voter corruption. So that's why they want it is so they can corrupt the vote. They want the times, the postal stamp, the time stamp, the date stamp that the post office puts. You. Only way that mail-in ballots are supposed to count, it's using this year as an example, would be for them to be time-stamped, date-stamped, November 3rd. They want it to be up to November 10th. <laughs> That's the Democratic Party. Absolute, complete third-world corruption that they don't think will ever affect them. This all turns on the corruptors. The corruption turns on the corruption. Cor- the corruption turns on the corruptors. Eventually, ask all the people who put Stalin in power. The Democratic Party's mail-in election, listen, is a complete fraud. And it's a complete attempt to steal the election from Donald Trump. And it's an absolute crime. Play a Tim Pool video for me. Suffering uncertainty. First, this story is from a few days ago. Nearly 100,000 defective absentee ballots sent to NYC voters. A printing error has left voters scrambling for answers and could undermine their confidence in the New York City Board of Elections. How dare you? 
ABC News publish lies this egregious Trump's false claims of fraud. Donald Trump should be careful to say impropriety and inaccuracy. But we've already seen the Project Veritas videos, people bragging about collecting absentee ballots and they're blaming Trump. This is important, but I don't think it's going to matter. Here's a tweet from Mike Davis. Dear DC Board of Elections, you mailed this absentee ballot to my home. While I never knew this former resident, I know she's very absent. She's been dead for seven years. <laughs> Mike Davis, he is the former law clerk to Justice Gorsuch, a Trump supporter. Here's another tweet. Richie McGinnis, a reporter from the Daily Caller, chief video director, says, my official ballot arrived along with ballots for four people who no longer live here, three of whom haven't lived here in over six years. And here's a photograph with nearly 20,000 retweets, six ballots. There's more. Here's Nathan Brand, a Washington, D.C. friend had eight ballots sent to her apartment. Zero ballots were for the, were for the current resident. During the primary, I received a mail-in ballot to my home that was for no one who lived there, and no one requested it. Why did it come? I honestly have no idea. Popville says, quote, any idea what to do with absentee ballots sent to your address for people who no longer live there? You can write return to sender and drop it in the mail. And here we can see more absentee ballots. This is just an ongoing, I mean, look at this, Darby Wade Grant. I'm not super familiar with who Darby Wade is. It's another tweet, an election law attorney, currently NRSC. So they, uh, she tweeted, I don't know who Lindsay is, but I received her ballot yesterday. One person responded, don't worry, they'll sort it out when they get statehood. The responses are rather interesting. You right, Nick Wink. There you go. That's what the Democratic Party wants. Constant, I mean, listen, there's a million stories like that out there. Ballots are showing up everywhere. Ilan Omar's corrupt campaign in Minnesota has already been caught harvesting ballots. That is illegal in every state but California. But California. It's illegal in the state of Minnesota to have more than three ballots in your possession. Project Veritas has already caught him doing it on film. It's just the way that it is. So just know that. We're, I don't know how the election night's going to go. Trump's going to win. Again, Trump's going to win 45 states in a landslide victory. He's going to win, I'm telling you. Will Chamberlain, 10-6. Not sure when straight-up treason became part of the Democratic Party platform. Put up Zach Ford's tweet for me. Look at this. Anybody else feeling like this would be a great time for the U.S. to be conquered? This is, this is what Americans are putting up, folks. This is not normal. I'm seeing things in 2020 that I've never seen before. Like not a violent, like, typical leftist, like, like a valley girl, like not a violent war, just a really peaceful takeover. More like an intervention by all the other friendly democracies out there who've been watching what's been going on here. He's calling for other countries to come in and take over his country. Do they, that's amazing. Who would start, I mean, if it was 1942, 1943, well, to make it historically accurate by date, 1944, who would storm the beaches of Normandy in this country now? I mean, I know we got our military people, but I'm talking about, if, listen, if we had to, you know, enlist people now. You got this picture? Zach Ford, right there, is not going to be storming the beaches of Normandy. He's going to be storming the, the drive-in at McDonald's. Again, 
They're with extra whipped cream on his chocolate sundae latte. <laughs> there you go. But who would in this country? You have Americans asking for other countries to come in and take over their country. Listen, I couldn't stand the presidency, the eight years of absolute Hades, of living under the worst president in American history, Barack Hussein Obama and his cohort, Joey Biden. I couldn't stand living on, but I never for one second thought of, you know what? I wish some friendly democracies would come in and take over the United States. What friendly democracies are those, by the way? Put up the, put up the next one for me. Here's another one. America may need international intervention from Peter Beinhart. Even, <laughs> is that him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he's a CNN contributor. That answers that question. I couldn't tell where this article came from. Even Democrats may find it hard to imagine, but the leader of the free world would benefit from, from United Nations oversight. Listen, they want to put America, the United States of America, the Democratic Party, out and out, these are not these are not hidden articles. That is a contributor to CNN asking for the United States of America to be be put under UN oversight. Can you imagine that? What do they think that would look like? Would you even have rights anymore? It, this is listen. I, I'm going to tell you something. This is serious business, patriots. This is absolutely serious. These are United States citizens calling for the conquering of the United States. Serious business. I've told you, the Democrats will lock you up. They will put you in prison. The McCloskeys are, are being tyrannically prosecuted right now in St. Louis. They will lock you up. They will, listen, let me graphic or gross. They will lock you. You'll never see a woman again. They don't care. Or woman, you'll never see a man again. They don't care. Just like they're calling for the conquering of their own country. And to have UN overlordship. This is the Democratic Party. Well, can't we all come together as Americans? No. And just so the Christians know. Unity is not a biblical concept outside of agreeing on God's word. That's it. There is no unity outside of you agree on scripture. That's all the unity there is. Jesus talks about a house divided against itself cannot stand. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Oh, what fellowship can light have with darkness? There's no, don't sit here and tell me to unify with Peter Beinhart. How am I going to unify with a guy who's asking for, how can I unify with that period? Let alone somebody calling for UN overlordship of America. Oh, oh, the opinion piece is from, Aaron just told me, the New York Times. That's New York Times. Contributing opinion writer. What a shock. Speaking of hack media, Chris Cuomo reveals all things hypocritical and pathetically biased. Play the uh, Dr. Steve Turley video for me. Look at this. Take a look. There he is. Hair blown majestically. Reshooting the scene There's for his media. own ad. He says he's a journalist. I hold rallies and I tell you to ignore masks and I rip mine off as I vanquish the virus because I am a leader. Fear not, COVID. 
What a bunch of bullshit. Going back to the White House. <laughs> if you want to know the reality, the truth, okay, the virus is the truth. You've got a president who was a drunk truth, driver who is pushing others to drive drunk. That's what he is. Do I want to see a drunk driver get hurt? Hell no. But I worry more about the people he hits. And I love seeing him do that victory lap in that limo. Thank God. You know why? I knew that meant he has to be okay. Not the people who were in there with him, PPE up to their nose. Now they got a quarantine. He doesn't give a damn. And now I don't have to feign any extra measure of compassion. Because he went out there. Whatever happens now is on him. The White House is a cluster. He returned to a cluster and took his mask off. That is covidiacy. He's a covid idiot. <gasps> You're disrespecting the president. No, he disrespected the presidency. <laughs> oh, yeah. The righteous anger. It's almost like the president just called him Fredo, which we now all know is like the N-word for Italians. <laughs> Thank you, Chris Fredo Cuomo, for informing us of that. <laughs> That's right. He is so righteously livid. He's so righteously living. Fredo doesn't even, he doesn't even have to pretend that he gives a rip about President Trump anymore. Just one problem. <laughs> As many have noted, just one. Chris Cuomo, the self-anointed defender of all COVID victims, seems to have forgotten that he himself was caught red-handed breaking his quarantine when he was COVID positive. Do you remember this? We now know that Cuomo break, broke his own self-isolation because it turned out that Fredo had an altercation with a biker near his home in East Hamptons on Easter Sunday. Oh, but that's nothing. Not only did Cuomo break quarantine without a face mask, mind you. Not only that, but then he staged. He literally staged his official emergence for the basement when the quarantine was over <laughs> with him reuniting with his family and the like. And he was like... This is my official re-entry from the basement. And he went on to say, this is what I've been dreaming about literally for weeks. This is, this is the dream, man. Just to be back up here doing normal things. <laughs> it was all a lie. It was a total lie. We now know not only was he with his family when he broke his quarantine weeks earlier, but we also know, and this according to the liberal rag, the New Yorker's intelligencer, we know that he had already been out of his basement upstairs with his family for at least a week prior to that. So that's why they were kind of hesitant to hug him when he came back upstairs. They're all like, we've already been seeing you for the last week. So this is beyond hypocrisy at this point. Fredo isn't just a hypocrite, okay? <laughs> his pathetic virtue signaling and his feigned outrage over President Trump, it just makes him a completely phony, discredited charlatan. At this all right, back to me. And just keep in mind that a lot of people, that's their source of news. He he puts out there, he alleges that he's a journalist. I mean, look, at that, that's journalism, mocking the president. Listen, the truth is truth. Cover what happened. What happened? Trump put out a video. Trump took off a mask. That's your job. But look at what he does here. First of all, he says the virus is the truth. The virus had basically no effect on, on, on Chris Cuomo whatsoever. He bashed Trump for staging an event. What did Chris Cuomo do? Exactly the same thing with his emergence from the basement, which, by the way, was fake. It was one week after he actually emerged from the basement. He, ba he bashed, he broke his own COVID laws, his brother's COVID laws. The, the governor, Andrew Cuomo's laws in New York, broke those and was out 
at his home at on the Hamptons without a mask on when there was a statewide mask mandate. So he, and he bashes Trump for doing exactly what he did. That's the liberal media, by the way. They get caught over and over again. I'll show you a video later of Maxine Waters being caught without a mask. A reporter who bashed Trump publicly for not wearing a mask gets caught with her mask off. And do you see how he creates an event? And again, I'm going to read this to you. A painfully hollow modern society to titillate itself, allowing a, a painfully hollow modern society to titillate itself with the feel of living through a bubonic plague without actually having done so. That's the modern church, sadly. That's the modern media, sadly. It's all COVID is the truth. Sadly, this is pathetic. Sadly, this is pre predictable. But that's who the modern media is. And really, the most sad thing of all, is the modern church mirrors the modern media. They follow them lockstep. They'll say that they hate them. They'll say they're voting for Trump, but they live just like these people. All right, now this is right out of, I've been talking about Australia a lot. This is the premier of Victoria, Australia, Dan Andrews, and he demonstrates perfectly what a tyrant is in this video. Listen close, this short video, listen closely to his words. Play it for me. Now, there was something that Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews said earlier this week that I thought was a frightening insight into a man clearly drunk with power. Now, almost all of country Victoria, there are zero infections. So Rachel Baxendale of the Australian newspaper asked the obvious, why are people out bush, no infections, still forced to wear a face mask in Victoria, even in the open air, and even if they're walking alone? It makes no sense. Here's Daniel Andrews' answer. Well, what's the, what's the issue, Rachel? What's like, well, seriously, what's the issue? Why, why is it such a massive issue to have to wear no a... health purpose if, if they're, they're not yeah, in contact with another human yeah. being? Well, that's an esoteric debate, really, isn't it? That's not really like, and if, if maybe there'll be a time when we have the luxury of having those sorts of debates. All right, back to me. So listen to the excuse to usher in tyrannical totalitarianism. Listen, listen to what he said. He said, we can discuss this, I summed it up with my own words. We can discuss a useless measure after the hoax is actually completed. So you know what, right now, we're in the middle of this pandemic. So we, we don't need to discuss rational questions until after we get done saving everybody's lives. All right, well, let's look. Where does Dan Andrews rule and reign? Victoria, Australia. They have 6.5 million people live there. They've had 800 COVID deaths. 800 out of 6.5 million. Currently in the hospital, how many do they have? If you think about it, in all of Victoria, Australia, they have how many people in the hospital from COVID-19? Now remember, you're not allowed to leave your house, but for two hours a day, you're not allowed to leave the city. You're not allowed to leave the province. You can have five people at a wedding. All these businesses are closed. You can't go out to eat. The schools are all closed. How many people are currently in the hospital? Out of 6.5 million people, 34. Four in ICU. 34 people. But you can't even ask him what the question was to Daniel Andrews there was why would why do people out in the outback have to wear a mask when they're basically alone? There's not a person within 100 miles of him. He goes, well, why do we need to even need to ask that question? You know, this is a state of emergency right now. Well, let me ask you, my, my tech guy over here, Aaron, he's a drummer. You know, he could play uh, we will we will rock you and we could just say, you know what? Every day I need you to go out before you go to work, bend over and play We Will, We Will Rock You on your butt cheeks. Not, that doesn't hurt you. 
Why do you even need to ask? We're in the middle of COVID right now. Why do you even need to ask whether, whether or not that's helpful? Masks do nothing, but when somebody asks, you're all alone in the middle of the outback. Why do I need to wear a mask? And he goes, that's just an esoteric question. You don't need to ask that right now. We're in the middle of an emergency. Well, okay, we're in the middle of an emergency. We'll go out every single day before you go to work, play We Will, We Will Rock You on your butt cheeks and ask me no questions whatsoever. How dare you? It's the perfect way to usher in, usher in ter- tyranny. Don't ask me any questions. We're in the middle of an emergency. Really? An emergency. 800 deaths out of 6.5 million people and 34 are in the hospital? This is, these are the same stats in America. Don't hand me your 210,000 death count. Absolutely wrong. Fraudulent from Robert Redfield. And listen, Trump and Pence know it. They just can't say it. They know it. Now here's a Joe Biden tweet. He says, of course, wear a mask. Play it for me. There we go. Play it a couple times. Oh, there you go. <laughs> You're the best. There you go. Hey, Christians, where do you line up? Which side are you on, Christians? No man can serve two masters for either he will, he will hate one and love the other or he will hold to the one and despise the other. You a masker or not? Which one are you, Christians? Tom, why do you always p- pick on Christians? Because judgment begins at the house of the Lord. It doesn't begin with the unsaved. First Peter 4, 17. Which one? What side are you on? Back to me. A lot of people. Oh, I'm a Trump guy. I'm a, well, are you sure? Because you certainly look like Biden. If, however you think, if you think masks do something for you, you're a Biden supporter in your heart. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. That person I was telling you about earlier, sending into their church. You know, I wish you guys had a mask service. Well, you're just like Joe Biden. You think just like him. You might as well sign up and vote for him. Where do you stand? Are you ready to repent or not? It's up to you. All right, from PJ Media. I got this from a Rodney Howard Brown. Retweet. Those same people then had a hissy fit when Trump did a drive-by outside Walter Reed in a vehicle where everyone inside was wearing a mask. So the question is, do masks prevent the spread of COVID-19? The best way to answer the question is to look at how mask mandates have impacted infection rates. So here's the thing. Oh, I thought you had it up. Here's the thing. Are you ready for the data? Now, again, I I haven't said this for a month or so. This is who I pick on in order. Christians and conservatives and then down the line. You choose what I mean. Are you ready to repent from this garbage? Hey, pastor love that's caused people to lose their jobs. All the while you get the virtue signal about how conscientious you are. And let me put this out there because I'm probably not going to get to it tonight. I'll get to it on Saturday in detail. But have you noticed that none of the pastors have lost their jobs? Anybody notice that? All these virtue signaling non-political pastors. Yeah, I'm talking to you. And you know who I'm talking to locally. I know you're watching. You virtue signaling, we're going to follow directive. We're going to honor our community leaders. We're going to do all that. Notice how none of those pastors have lost their jobs while countless people around them have. They haven't lost their jobs. You know why? Probably because they're getting CARES Act money that bailed out their church. Hence the reason why they can't open without taking your temperature on the way in and make you social distance and bring your own lawn chair. 
None of them lost their jobs, but 40 to 50% of businesses in the United States are closed permanently because of their compassion and their love. Oh, brother love, pastor love. Oh, yeah, but you know what? After everybody lost their jobs, we put together a food pantry. A food pantry? What's that going to do for a mortgage, pastor love? What's it going to do? You cost them their, how are we costing them their jobs? You capitulated to a tyrannical government that closed down businesses and you could have stood up and you didn't do it, you coward. Don't tell me about, I'm just going to preach Jesus. That's what you've used to hide your entire life. Your entire ministry is your false love narrative. You never preached the Bible before. And Jesus is the Bible. John chapter 1, verse 1. John chapter 1, verse 14. 1 John chapter 5, verse 7. Jesus is the word, which you never preached anyway. Yet your ark style or ark church with your spiritual journeys, your fresh starts and your new beginnings. You never called anybody to repentance. You never talk about judgment. You never talk about hellfire and brimstone. You don't take any stands. You never have. This is just your latest capitulation under the umbrella of the four-letter word love. That's who you are. So do masks even work? If you're going to strap one of those stupid face diapers on, do they even work? Here's out of Hawaii. Let's look. One of the strictest mask mandates in the planet. Honolulu requires masks outside. Look what happened with their cases. So masks work capitulating, collaborating Christians and capitulating, collaborating conservatives and Americans. Do they work or do they not? They don't. Next slide. Here you go out of West Virginia. Mask mandate. Look at it. Look at the far right. Look how high it is after the mask mandate. They do nothing. They never have done anything and they never will do anything. Next one. Look where the mask mandate is. Public transit for full national lockdown. Public transit mask mandate. All public spaces mask mandate. Look how nice it was then. Moving to new normal lockdown ends, but the mask mandate's still in place. And look at the cases in Spain go up. Do they work or do they not? Are you ready to repent? Will, will this break through your titanium skull or will it not? Are you ready? Capitulating Christian, quarantine mom of the year, mask wearing, virtue signaling Christian person. You ready to repent or not? Put up the next one for me. Here's Kansas. Look at, look at their mask mandate. Look at where the case, did the cases go down or up the entire time? Completely and totally up. Next one out of France. Look at their mask mandate. Outside mask mandate. Oh, good move, France. Outside mask mandate. Look at that mask mandate. Look at them shoot up. That outside mask mandate was August 28th. Nice moves. Next one. Right out of LA County, Ventura County, Orange County, California. Look at the mask mandates. San Diego's. Los Angeles, Orange County. The cases go up or down, everybody. They go up or down. There's really no question. So tell me how mask mandates work. Tell me how masks work at all. They don't work. Here's the science once again for you. The size of a COVID-19 particle is 0.06 to 0.14 microns. The greatest mask on planet Earth, the N95, blocks 0.3 microns, three sizes larger, three sizes larger, than the largest COVID-19 particle. So it blocks nothing. Those surgical masks you wear around block nothing. They Look at the stats. Look at the charts. What will break through? 
the titanium skull that you have, will you ever change? Will you ever repent? Masks do nothing. They never have. They never will when it comes to flu viruses. Nothing. Tom, you've been saying that for months. Yeah, everybody I see. I was at the airport, what, two, three days ago. Everybody there had a mask on. Outside. I saw people walking from the parking lot. There wasn't a soul within 50 yards of them, and they had a mask on. Absolutely ridiculous. All right, Grady Judd for president. (laughs) Sometime after Trump. Here's Grady Judd talking about masks. President Trump tested positive for COVID-19. Why don't you or any of your staff in this building wear masks? I'm not going to answer that question. Do you have any other questions you want me to not answer? That's the only questions I have for you, Sheriff Judd. Okay. President Trump comes here. You don't have to wear a mask either. Have a good day. Any other? Boom! That's how you live. Where you at, pastors? Tom, you're always picking on Pat. Darn right. Where you at? Why wouldn't you stand up like that? I know Grady Judge a Christian man. He doesn't pastor a church. You should be leading the way. It's shameful. From the Gateway Pundit, Max, Maxine Waters strikes again. Now, I'm sure now that Chris Cuomo got very upset, as we saw, with his diatribe of bull crap that he put all over CNN. I don't always watch it anyway, except in airports. But I'm assuming that Chris Cuomo will get very upset when Maxine Waters strikes again here because Maxine gets caught without a mask. Play that for me. There's so much that Maxine Waters, the congresswoman from California, can't even keep up. She's decided to ignore the commands completely. Back in July, you may remember, Waters was all for masks. In fact, she told us that Herman Cain deserved to die from coronavirus because he didn't wear a mask at a Trump rally. Herman Cain was a bad person, Maxine declared. He had it coming. I'm going to send my condolences to the family of Herman Cain, who was a presidential candidate, who is a good friend of the president, who happened to have been at the rally in Tulsa June 20th with no mask on, with a group of people around him with no mask on, and he's dead. He died. He, of course, contacted the virus contacted uh, the as virus. a result There's of a his mind. attendance and without a mask there. It's called contracted. Oh, what? he didn't wear a mask and he died. He deserved it. I mean, that's what you get when you don't wear a mask. You die. And no one mourns your passing because you're a bad person. So it goes without saying that Maxine Waters takes, takes masks seriously. <laughs> Right. Of course she doesn't. And today we proved it. We talked to a man called Jason Giandomenico. He told us he saw Maxine Waters recently. And guess what she wasn't wearing? (laughs) I think you know the answer. She wasn't wearing a mask. So he confronted her. It's all in video. Here's part of that video. And you're speaking about COVID. I don't even see you guys with your mask on. I see your I'm just coming mask out of here. But I don't. You got to wear a mask. mask. in both of these places. But you got to have your mask on, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. We got we got our mask. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't have my mask on. Not a big deal. It's not like I'm Herman Cain or something. We're not thinking through the message behind all of this or its consequences. Democrats are framing total and unthinking obedience to their policies, which are haphazard, irrational, and not rooted in science. They're framing obedience to these things as a matter of morality. 
And the media is totally fine with that. They don't even care when the people who make the rules ignore them. Only the rest of us are evil when we disobey. How about the governor of Virginia, Ralph Northam? Ralph Northam loves masks. Ralph Northam. <laughs> Back to me. I wish that would have continued. I would have played it for another 30 or 40 seconds. See, what's good for thee is not for me. That's how the Democrats are. She really scared of COVID? Again, remember, this is, this is the play according to Chris Cuomo. COVID is the truth. It's this existential threat to your life, right? Where most people can't even name one person in their life who has even had it, let alone died of it. We started off with 330 million people in the United States. Back in February, we had our first COVID death. And guess how many people we currently have? 330 million people. We've had zero excess deaths. That should set everybody free, but it does nothing. It's more important for people to have a cause. Some people are just empty on the inside. They have to have a cause in their life. They have to have something that gives them meaning. That's one group. And then the other people have an evil cause, like the Maxine Waters of the world, who shut down the Trump economy to try to unseat him, to try to get him to lose this election. They knew they wouldn't come close to winning the election if we had a booming economy, which, by the way, we are booming. 661,000 jobs have been added this month, the month of September. So it is booming. 7.9% unemployment rate, the best Obama ever got to. Without COVID, was 7.6%. Trump does it with this fake hoax plague and shutting down a $20 trillion economy. Trump still has 7.9% unemployment, which is near three-tenths of a point from, from Obama and Biden's best. So that was all that it's been about. If, if, if she was so scared of COVID, what's she doing out there? If she truly believed that masks will save her life, she'd have it on. She knows that there's nothing even to have her life safe from. That's why she's not wearing it. That's how they are. That's the Democratic Party. Where do you where do you sit? Are you the same way as they are? Or do you think the same way they do? You believe in masks? If you do, you're just galactically uneducated. All right, Chris, uh, not Chris this time, Governor Cuomo on religious institutions. This is a this is a sad and again. This is talking about Governor Cuomo cracking down on religious institutions in the state of New York. Now, when was this? This is just from a day or two ago. Here we are, 200 days into 15 days to flatten the curve. Here we are, 200 days later into that 15 days. And you still got Cuomo keeping people out of churches. And all of the pastors in New York, where are you? Where are you at? I know Carl Lentz out there thinks that there's more one, more than one way to God. We know that because he just told Oprah that, pastor of Hillsong Church in New York. So we'll just cast him aside as an unbeliever because that's what he is. He doesn't believe the Bible. But I was talking to Rodney Howard Brown about this, and I was like, where are they? Where's everybody? Where are the big names? I should start naming them. Maybe I will put together a list. Because I'd like to know where are the big name pastors in New York? Where are you at? Where are the big name pastors in the United States? Andy Stanley, your church still closed. I know that you said that you're going to keep it closed until uh, sometime within 2021. Interesting. Jason Franklin, you were the one who said to the president, we'll determine when to open our churches. When the president said every church in America can open freely to make churches closed down is against the constitution, which it is. Just read your first, fourth and 14th amendment 
totally and completely is against the Constitution to close down any religious institution, let alone Christian. Where are they at? They're nowhere. So you have tyrannical governors like this that have a bent-over church willing to do anything they're told to do, and they run wild, and they love it. Play the video for me. Here is Andrew Cuomo uh, yesterday uh, in a press conference. Listen to this. We know religious institutions have been yes. a problem. They've been a problem. We know mass gatherings are the super spreader events. Mm -hmm. Like we huh, know riots? No, those are There aren't. have no. been uh -huh. mass gatherings. Like uh, riots? Going on in concert. Like BLM parades? <laughs> Religious institutions oh, religious in these communities that counts. for weeks. For weeks. For weeks. For weeks. I don't mean little violations. No. You've all seen mm. pictures like this mm. for weeks. Weeks. Look, people gathered in the streets what did right you there. What think was yeah. going to happen? What would the right? A riot? <laughs> oh, I keep, sorry. I keep forgetting that there's special uh, super, super plastic protection over people who are rioting or marching for Black Lives Matter. Yeah, I'm it's sorry. a good cause. Yeah, it's, it's a good, good cause. cause. It's a good cause. Religion on the other on No, the other hand, that's ridiculous. Silliness. What do you think's going to happen? So we know that religion and religious institutions are a problem, to quote uh, Andrew Cuomo. So here's what he says he's going to do. You're dealing with government saying to religions, you shouldn't have uh, more than X people in your church mm -hmm. or your mosque mm -hmm. or your temple. Or your temple. Mm -hmm. That's a politically <laughs> uncomfortable situation. And unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> I have to say to the Orthodox community tomorrow, yeah. uh, if you're not willing to live with these... Uh, rules, then up. I'm going to close the synagogues. Oh, uh, he doesn't want well, to. He but doesn't have to. There we go, he's going to have to. Oh, you don't want to abide by his rules? Oh, but you know what? Bent over pastor, you already did it for him, didn't you? Didn't you? Well, no, we're open now. Oh, yeah, great. Great stand now. 200 days into flattening the curve. You open. Oh, no, we open. We opened on this date or that day. How many months were you closed? And again, none of the pastors lost their jobs. Tom, you are a pastor. You're speaking against pastors. Yep. Without hesitation. I never closed this church. Yeah, I got ridiculed. Yeah, 30 to 40% of my church left. I was willing to stand up. How about you? Well, no, this is a dreadful illness. No, it's not. No, it's not. Not at all. You heard the survival rates. I read them earlier. Here they are again. Zero to 19. If you catch COVID. 0 to 19 survival rate, 99.997. Why is your church closed? Survival rate, post-COVID infection, 20 to 49. 99.98% survival rate. Why is your church closed? Well, you know what? We don't want to infect any older people. They can stay home. If they're at a nursing home, they were staying home anyway. 50 to 69, post-infection survival rate, 99.5%. Why was your church closed? Name it. Go, name it, please. Oh, you're like 70 or above 70 70 or above 94.6 percent survival rate they can decide for themselves whether they come or not but yet you just bent over closed your church crawled into a corner and started sucking your thumb and asking anthony fauci what to do and now you've unleashed unleashed tyrannical totalitarian authorities to do whatever they want because you didn't have enough guts 
to stand up. Capitulating collaborator, that's what you are. Why don't you repent and say, well, we did open up a month ago. Coward. Absolute coward. This is your fault. You should have stood up. You had the chance. And then Trump tells the entire nation, churches are an absolute civil civil right, which they are. First, fourth, 14th Amendment. And still, churches still didn't open for months after that. Why? For the CARES Act money? None of the pastors have lost their jobs. Please remember that. Come see me on Sunday morning. You live in this area, 3385 South Access Road, Inglewood, Florida. We never closed. We never social distance. You may not like, it may be kind of a Trumpian relationship. You may not like me yelling at you or taking strong stands like the president does. But maybe you should suck it up, repent, and go to where they're actually preaching and standing in the word and never closed and never social distance, never put out alcohol gel stations. Maybe it's time for a radical change. I can listen. I can spot the collaborators, the capitulators, the ankle grabbers. The moment they walk into my church, I can tell they don't stand in the word of God. They won't do it. They don't have the guts to do it. From the gateway pundit de Blasio. Now we got the, we have Cuomo, of course. He's saying, I'm going to shut you down once again, just like Lori Lightfoot, the coronavirus warrior that goes prancing about in our earlier video. She threatened to lock everybody down. De Blasio sends in police to break up religious Jews celebrating in New York City. Play that video for me. Where was this for Black Lives Matter? Where was this for Antifa? Look at all the cops right here. Shame on you, police. You shouldn't be doing this. You should stand down and just say, hey, you know what? De Blasio, go pound sand. Just tell him, go pound sand. Thank you, but I didn't have to turn it off, but I appreciate it. But they, where were they at? Where, where was this for Antifa? Look at, look at this. Where, where was this for Black Lives Matter? Where was this for their burning businesses down and throwing bricks through windows and assaulting people, let alone also assaulting police officers? Where was this fervency? You back to me real quick. You see this shirt I'm wearing is pro-police. I was a police officer myself, 1992 to 2017, straight, 25 years and one day. I was a cop. I love the cops, but the cops in that situation said, thumb their nose. You, well, I might lose my job. I went, no, you know what? This is radical times. If you lose, if you keep your job and lose your country, what's the point of having a job? Having a job under what? A Stalinist? Have a job? They'll lock that. De Blasio will lock you up, police officers. If you, they don't care about the Jews, de Blasio and, and Cuomo don't care about the Jews, but if you happen to accidentally kill an Hispanic person or a black person and you not accidentally kill, but you killed in the line of duty, a justifiable kill, they'll send you to prison for 30 years. And you're going to follow these rubes into allegedly quelling an acidic Jew rally. Where was this fervency for black? Have you seen downtown Manhattan? Have you seen the pictures? And this is what they go after? Typical Democratic Party. Something's up here. Though. Typical Democrats. Look at this. Unbelievable. What about the rioting there, Billy de Blasio? What about the rioting? Here's a video of de Blasio on CNN. Play that for me. 
to ask you about a court decision from last week. A, a federal court ruled that you and Governor Cuomo violated the Constitution by restricting religious services during the lockdown of the pandemic. The court said you openly discouraged religious gatherings and threatened religious worshipers and sent a clear message that mass protests are deserving of preferential treatment, essentially saying that you treated the protesters who were on the streets differently than the religious gatherings that were on the streets. Your reaction? No, just wrong. Um, we worked with the religious leadership of this city for months, Cardinal Dolan in the Catholic Church and so many other religious leaders who were in full agreement that it was not time to bring back religious services Pause because that of the right danger. Did everybody hear what he just said? We worked with, keep it right there, we're going to go right from there. Did you hear what the, the communist mayor of New York City just said? We worked with religious leaders and we came to an agreement that it wasn't time for people to return to their religious services. Really? Really? Okay, yeah, 99.9% .9 survival rate, basically across the board, all the time. Oh no, New York got hit really hard. Yeah, they got hit hard because they're a, a coagulated group of humanity. But just remember something. Every field hospital that was set up by the Army Corps of Engineers in New York City went unattended. They were so overwhelmed, right? They were overwhelmed with the 210,000 deaths, right? Allegedly. Most of the deaths in New York City, in the state of New York, occurred in nursing homes because of Andrew Cuomo's policies. But all the Army field hospitals, remember, Trump set up $660 million worth of Army field hospitals at some of the most allegedly hot spots in America. Remember he sent in the giant ship into New York Harbor? It was the Comfort or something. I can't remember the name. Remember that? How many patients did they see? 127, maybe? Something like that? The field hospitals saw zero. There's huge centers set up in Miami. They saw zero patients. I'll bring the list next time. I'll read it off. It's been a month since I've read it. I love to read that list. Yeah, there you go. Empty. One right after another. Empty, empty, empty. Yeah, there it was. It was the comfort. I remembered it right. All of these were set up all throughout the country. Nobody went to any of them. But we allegedly have a pandemic. Explain to me how you have a pandemic with no excess deaths in comparison to 19, 18, and 17. Explain it to me. How you have less deaths this year. Remember now, we have less, we're on track to have less total deaths in the United States this year than we had in 2018 and the same as 2019. Explain to me how you have a pandemic, right? And then you got capitulating, collaborating Christian leaders with a communist anti-God mayor of New York who hates the police and you're coming in and having an agreement with them that churches aren't necessary. It's not time to gather. What a weak need, pathetic person you are to come into an agreement with a horrendous communist, anti-God mayor of New York City. What kind of church leader are you? Play the rest of it for me. Just services because of the danger it would cause to their congregants. 99.9% were an entirely different reality, a national phenomenon that was not something that the government could just say, you know, go away. It's something that really came from the grassroots and obviously had profound meaning. And we're all acting on the meaning of those protests. But it's really apples and oranges. 
Our religious leaders were the first to say it was not time to bring back services. Pathetic. Now we're doing it carefully, smartly. So I, I think that decision profoundly misses what the very religious institutions themselves were saying. Let's talk about where we are. Is that the kind of bring it back to me? Is that the kind of language that you use, Pastor? That we're opening carefully, safely, 99.9% post-infection survival rate? And you have to open up. This thing is such a con job. Do you hear the numbers from the CDC? Basically across the board, 99.9% survival rate. You know, Tom, you've been saying this for months. I know I've been saying it for months. There's still no body wagons going up and down the roads in Inglewood, Florida, where I live, in Venice, Florida, where I live. Haven't seen any. Where, where are the bodies all over the road? They said there was, there was going to be bodies all over the road. I haven't seen any of that. Our hospitals haven't been overrun. Neither were New York's, by the way. If they were overrun, why didn't one soul go to their field? There was two massive field hospitals built in New York that didn't see a soul. Tell me how this is not a giant hoax. And how can you... Listen, I know some of you Christians out there. You're just so devoid of meaning in your life because all you care about is a bouncing ball that your son or daughter plays around with. Volleyball or baseball, your whole life is caught up in it. So your life has no meaning. So you strap a mask on, so you're saving people. You're not doing anything at all. All right, here's the final video. This is how the Hasidic Jews decided to respond to Billy de Blasio. And Andrew Cuomo. How about we burn our masks? There you go. Get all those masks in there. They're about they're more useful on fire than they are on your face. This is symbolic of what America should be doing right now. It's so sad that many do that most don't believe this. You can bring it back to me. I could watch that all night. That actually encourages my soul. That's what Americans should be doing. All right, we're going to call it. Now, listen, the last we're going to start off with this on Saturday. Make sure you join me on Saturday night, 830. We'll be back. Start off with Nancy Pelosi's call to basically uh, get rid of the president via the 25th Amendment. She threatened that. I'll have to see how she followed up on it. She said, come back and we'll talk about the 25th Amendment, which is basically to make the president stand down because he's impaired. <laughs> She's such an idiot. Crazy, crazy woman. Absolutely. Listen, I love you guys. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you. We thank you for tonight. We thank you for the many blessings. Lord, we pray in a triumphant election, and that means President Trump winning. Lord, we pray that in Lord, because he's pro-life, because he stands closer to the Word of God than any Democrat. That's why we pray over him, and we pray over him, Lord, that you grant him your favor in this election. We pray for a mighty victory. Lord, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Listen, I love you guys. Thanks for joining me tonight. Be back this Saturday. Let's have a big night. Like and share this as much as you possibly can. Send it to your pastor. I'll take the heat for you. Send it to them. They can send me a message if they want. Let's get the word out. I love you. Have a great Thursday.